With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harvin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Behind the Steel Curtain flagship podcast. The standard is the standard, obviously. Joining me, as always, is Lance Williams out on the West Coast. Lance, what's up tonight? How are you doing? You know, I actually am, am pretty excited. Uh, you know, I got a jersey on. I never wear jerseys for the show. And I can't, I don't know if you guys can see it, but this is my white Jerome Bettish jersey that I typically only wear for playoff games. So that's a, that's a little clue as to me being uh, somewhat joyous, trying to, uh, you know, sort of be like my co-host and be a little more optimistic and joyous about the 2019 season. Yeah. Cause it's been a minute since we've had a show together. Uh, two weeks ago, I was on vacation. You were on vacation last week. So it's been a, uh, about two weeks since we've talked. And since then you've, you stunned the heck out of me and doing your, yeah, I said it and we're optimistic and pumped up and ready for the seat. I, I thought that someone had, I don't know, <laughs> had a gun to your head maybe and said, you better say something positive about the Steelers or else you know what's going to happen. I'm not sure. Nonetheless, I like this side of Lance Williams. I thought that was a very good episode. If you haven't checked that out, it's only on our audio platforms right now, but hopefully starting this week, we're going to get Lance on YouTube weekly. Are you ready That'll for that, Lance? Awesome. That'll be awesome. I can, uh, you know, you guys don't realize when I do, yeah, I said it, I edit the show. So it'll <laughs> it'll be a challenge uh, to. Uh, oh, my gosh. Can we have a, I wish there was someone in the live chat that would just give us a dollar every time you mispronounce someone's name. That would be. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that, that's a super chat. You that know, like in a super chat. chat. Like every time I mispronounce someone's name, somebody <laughs> in the super chat uh, should give us a buck. And the gun to my head last weekend, why I was so positive, was a pina colada. So, well, you know, there you go. Everyone has their own rhyme and reason. Yeah, that pina colada had me really fired up and really positive because when I did the show, I left the next day for the Bahamas. So I was in vacay mode. Uh, so, you know, but I might stay in that mode. Um, I like that mode. That mode is um, 
You know, I, I like that mode. And you were you kind of you, you, you kind of were in my typical mode uh, when you sub for me for the yeah, I said it when you talked about uh, what Tomlin, you know, why Tomlin has to change. So, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think I was too negative. I thought that was just honest. I mean, you would you disagree with that fact that. No, no, he, he needs to change. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, so obviously there are some things that he could improve upon. I liked your point about uh, the challenges, how if they win challenges, he will get no credit. None. They could change nothing. They could change nothing. Terrell Austin could just work with the secondary, and someone will say, well, the only reason he's winning challenges this year is because Terrell Austin is on the coaching staff. So he's damned if you do, damned if you do. But anyways, we're back. We're together. We're training camp is back. The players are back. And today was the first padded practice. Lance, you've got a whole rundown that you want to get us through. What do you want to talk about first? Well, the first thing I wanted to ask you, Jeff, we were talking about being positive this year. Mm-hmm. You know, you're typically positive about everything. You, you kind of have like a positive meter. We'll go one through five. Where okay. are you at? for this upcoming season is five being, is five being the most yes oh, five okay. being the most one you can even use zero if okay. you want to use zero but but where are you at in your terms in terms of excitement for this 2019 campaign <sighs> this is a t- i was telling this to dave schofield on one of our shows last week that this this season is really tough for me to gauge i want to be excited like really i want to be a five but I got to say that in reality, I'm probably about a four because I have my reservations about the team. Um, I could be totally wrong, but at the same time, that's probably where I'm as about a four. Most of the time, I'm about a four and a half. So I'm just dialed back a little bit. Just dialed back a little bit. What about you? How positive are you about this? See, see, you're, you're going to laugh. I'm at a four actually as well, but for a different reason. Okay. I'm at a four because... I'm really tired of NBA basketball. Like I'm, t- <laughs> I'm tired of NBA free agency. I'm glad that the Warriors lost. The NBA free agent period and NBA talk has been so strong this offseason that I'm completely exhausted with the NBA. I really don't watch baseball that much. I've watched a lot of soccer, so that's done. I'm just kind of ready for some football. I mean, I did something, Jeff, and we'll touch upon it, um, later in the show, I actually listened to a press conference. And as you well know, Jeff, oh my if, God. if I listen to a press <laughs> conference, that means I'm probably at 4.25. Yeah. I mean, you're typically like a two at this time of year. This time one, of year. You will be one wow, and a half. Okay. One and being, a half if we're being honest. All right. Uh, and then you ramp up to like a five once the season starts. For me, like, I'm, I'm always around a four. But when you look at it this way, I mean, I agree with you. I, I don't like hearing about the NBA, which is almost ad nauseum right now. Um, I, I, I had this conversation with my family this weekend because I was back home with family. And uh, my brother has gotten into uh, uh, Australian rules football and uh, European soccer. And he was telling me how he likes it almost more than the NFL. And for me, oh, Aussie, uh, foot, Aussie rules football. Yeah, I mean, he's because there's no commercials. He says it's exciting. I told him, I said, I, I couldn't disagree more that the NFL is the only sport that I could sit down. I don't care if it's Thursday night football and it's the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Tennessee Titans. I'm watching. I, I am. Oh, any yeah. other any other sport, I'm not watching. Like I, I'll watch the Pirates because I'm a Pirates fan, even though they're awful. 
I'll watch the Pirates. I'm not going to sit down and watch the Yankees play the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Basketball, don't really care. Uh, hockey, I love the Penguins. I'll watch every game I can. But I'm not going to watch the Vancouver Canucks go against the Edmonton Oilers. Not going to do it. But football, yes. Well, before we jump into some Steeler stuff, people, please pray for Jeff. He said he would watch the Pirates in July. Like, that's that's like painful, right? <laughs> Watching the Pirates in July is, pay, is painful. Hey, they and, eight in a row, man. That takes a lot of practice to lose eight games in a row. And watching the Titans play the Jags. You're telling me you wouldn't tune in? No, I don't. I, I don't, I especially I especially like on a Thursday. I mean, I think they played in the color rush, and I think the Jags. Somebody had a rust colored uniform, <laughs> or somebody. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm good. It was that nasty gold that looked like it was like, oh, that was bad. Yeah, yeah, it was like. I just, I just love, I just love the NFL game, and it's and it's just the NFL game. I'm not going to sit down and watch Alabama play some powder puff team from uh, the. Mac or something like that. It's just the NFL. I love watching the NFL. I love the pageantry of it. I love how these guys are playing for millions of dollars in their jobs sometimes. Um, I just think I love it. Love the game. Love it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the NFL is, um, you know, what do they say? It's America's passion. They say baseball is America's pastime, but the NFL is America's passion. I've got, um, I've never heard that. That's really good. I like I that. Think that's, I think I, I I can't credit myself for that. I would like to. I would like to take credit for that, but I can't. But let's jump into some Steelers stuff. Okay. Big news. A couple of things in terms of uh, Tomlin's extension. And another interesting tidbit. Colbert came out, and he didn't get an extension, by the way, and his contract is year to year. Uh, Give me your thoughts on the Tomlin extension. Good, bad. You know, why do you think they did it? What's your overall thoughts on on Mike Thomas extension. I thought the extension was justifiable for a couple reasons. Number one, I felt like, and this is something Dave Schofield told me after he saw it, that they, he was basically art Rooney was basically appeasing both camps, the get rid of Tomlin camp and the extend Tomlin camp by finding that middle ground. He didn't get that two year extension that most coaches get with the Steelers when they have two years left. He just got one, um, I do think that it is noteworthy, not saying that it's this is guaranteed to be truth, but I do think it's noteworthy that his contract will end the same time that Ben Roethlisberger's contract ends. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I feel that if Ben Roethlisberger is going to be done after this contract, that that would be the time for the Steelers to start anew with a new coach if they wanted to do that. And that's a big if, because between those in those three years, if they win a Super Bowl or win, you know, whatever, I don't think they're going to get rid of Mike Tomlin no matter what. But if he's not doing what they want, if he has more seasons like last year, then they can they can move on and they'll get a new coach and they'll have a new quarterback and that's kind of how you want to restart. So for me, I thought the Mike Tomlin extension was fine. I think fans are way too preoccupied with the fact that he still has he's still two years left on his current deal anyways. So even though that's when they always tend to do business with their coaches, that's just it. Kevin Colbert. I'm not buying his, I told him this was my decision. I want to do year to year. Uh, BS is what I'm saying there. You, no one says I don't want job security. Yeah. And that's, essentially, that's essentially what he is saying is that 
Yeah, that's I will just go year to year. I I, I want to give all now. The team said we're going to go year to year, and he's regurgitating that information. But what did you think about all that? I, I think you're spot on with Colbert. Nobody wants to go year to year. I mean, you want security. Any of you guys out there that are married, try going home and telling your wife, uh, "Oh yeah, my job is month to month. I'm just trying <laughs> to put it in. <laughs> I'm trying to put it in regular folks' lexicon." You know, theirs is year to year. Our would be month to month. Oh, yeah, I just told my employer, yeah, I just want to work month to month. See how that goes when you go home and tell that to your wife. Hint, don't do it because it won't go well. So I agree with you 100% there. I agree with you on Tomlin, but I'm going to add this. I think it's all, I think they're appeasing Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think it's the crowd that kind of wants him gone people who want him to stay. I think it's all to do with Ben Roethlisberger. I think at this point in time, if you want to maximize what you're going to get out of Ben Roethlisberger, you keep Mike Tomlin as the coach. That's his guy. They're at the hip. I mean, he understands Ben. He manages Ben well. He doesn't criticize Ben publicly. They do their thing. Ben never says anything negative about Tomlin, and Tomlin doesn't say anything negative about Ben. They're just at the hip. That's his guy. They're either going to do it together or they're not. You don't bring in a new guy with a 37-year-old quarterback to start over. You just don't do it. So as long as Ben is a stealer, Tomlin will be the coach. And I think you're 100% right in terms of post-Ben, that's when you make that decision. And if Tomlin were to be very successful over these next three, go to multiple playoff appearances, go deep, win a Super Bowl, then – Tomlin absolutely would be the coach to start that new era because why would you not want a two-time winning Super Bowl coach to coach up a young football team? So I think we see eye to eye. But one thing before we move on, I want to ask you, do you envision all three of those guys being gone after 2021? That's Colbert, Tomlin, and Big Ben. I'm going to say no. Because I do see the Steelers having success in the next three years. I don't see repeats of 2018. I guess, to me, I see this team trending more towards 2017. Maybe not to the 13-3 and extent that they had as their record. But ultimately, I saw them, I see them having success and being able to Prove that the drafting is doing Kevin Colbert's doing his job in the draft category and Tomlin's doing his job in the coaching category. What say you? Do you think they're all back in three years? No, I think two of the three will be back after. I think two of the three will be there after 2021. I don't think Ben is playing after 2021. He didn't want to. He didn't want to say anything about that specifically in his interview. I think the interview was Friday. But I, I just don't think Ben is a guy that's going to play beyond 41. And I know you'll find this funny, Jeff. I don't think he's taking care of his body well enough, like a Tom Brady, to extend his career past his 40-year-old 40 40-year-old 40 birthday. And, and I just think he'll move on. So I think two of the three will be there. I think Cole will be there for sure. And I think Tomlin will be there with them. So I think it'll be two of the three, those three. But let me jump into a couple of transactions, a couple of camp notes. Um, and then I'll get your want to get your perspective in terms of camp over this weekend. Uh, Mike Hilton signed his exclusive rights free agent deal. Let me give you the definition, listeners, if you're not uh, certain as to what that is. And these are players that have accrued less than two seasons in the league. They are technically exclusive property of the team, which sounds bad. 
But should the team apply the one-year ERFA, the player has no ability to negotiate with another team. So that's where he slotted in terms of what he was as a free agent. He's an ERFA. What's your thoughts on Hilton signing that? He had to. He had to, and the Steelers had him right where they want him. The Steelers said, look, man, you're asking for this. We're not going to give you that. We'll give you this. And if he says no, then you say, look, then you can hold out. And that's fine. We have other cornerbacks on the roster. But it's not going to help you in the long run. So what he did is he basically said, okay, I can sign this. I can either try to continue to work out maybe a new deal, a different deal. But at the same time, I can go out and kind of use this here to prove myself going forward. And Dave Schofield said this last week. He said that, you know, you would give him a new contract like Alejandro Villanueva. They viewed him as the guy at that position for the next two to three years. Is Mike Hilton the guy at slot cornerback for the next two to three years? I don't know if he is. And if he isn't, they have his rights the next two seasons. They have it this year as the exclusive rights. Next year as a restricted free agent. It's a it's a bad it's a, it's a good business move. It's it's lousy for him, but I'm not going to hate the Steelers for for following the collective bargaining agreement that was signed by the, the players. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, it's it, it. I think you're spot on there. I mean, one of the tidbits about being an ERFA is you have to be undrafted, and unfortunately for him, he was undrafted, and that's why he slots to be an ERFA. And I think you're right. Uh, in terms of how the Steelers should have played it because they have him as an RFA and potentially as a UFA, uh, uh, unrestricted free agent. But And that's the interesting thing because there aren't too many restricted free agents anymore due to the collective bargaining agreement and how it's set up because if you're drafted, you sign a four-year deal. But you touched upon one thing that I wanted to ask you real quickly is why don't – I think he's one of the best slot corners – in the National Football League. That's why I was surprised over the course of this offseason as to so many people talking about how it might be a camp battle at that slot corner position with Cam Sutton. Like, with Mike Hilton, I mean, Mike Hilton is nasty. I love Mike Hilton. I mean, he's one of my favorite guys on that defense, particularly his ability to blitz, his ability to cover, and he's graded really well in terms of football focus, not to say that that's the be-all to end-all in terms of how good he is as a player, but I think he's played excellent football over the last couple of years, and he's been a fine for them. Yeah, 2017, Mike Hilton was a beast. 2018, Mike Hilton had that elbow injury. Second half of the season got picked on a little bit. Um, I think about that Raiders game where he gave, it was his he blew that assignment, gave up that touchdown. Uh, which ended up being the game-winning touchdown. I don't know. I I, th- I like Mike Hilton. I'm not saying I don't like him. He's a great blitzer. You said he's not he's not afraid to get into the the fray in terms of tackling and things like that. I, I guess for me though, Mike Hilton is a player that I'm not saying he's replaceable, but he has yet to show me that he's deserving of a big deal, a big contract in that regard. So I I like Mike. I don't want you. I don't want you to take my words as I don't. I don't like him. I think he's a good player. Um, I think he deserves a contract. But then again, I'm not going to blame the Steelers for utilizing the rules and the rights that they have when it comes to negotiations. You think he played so poorly last year that there should be a camp battle for that slot corner position? 
I don't think it's a camp battle. I really don't. I think that was kind of just a narrative that got developed. Um, I think Cam Sutton would fill in for him. I think Cam Sutton will come in in specific sub packages, maybe in dime, if they want to put in an extra another cornerback, especially with how thin they are at safety. Um, I think they're just seeing what they have, you know? Uh, if, if Cam Sutton's playing well, that's a good thing. That means they have some depth at the position. So I don't think it's a true camp battle. I think it's Mike Hilton's job to lose. Keeping it with the secondary, how surprised were you that Artie Burns is going to get, I believe, I think it's a roster bonus of 800K. He got did, it today. Did we talk about that on earlier shows? I thought he was going to get it. Um, and, and I thought he was going to get it primarily because of one of the P's in the three P's that I always talk about when it talk, when I talk about players and their future on teams is pedigree. He was a former first-round draft pick. Teams don't want to embarrass themselves by cutting first round draft picks and I think at 800k because it's not too expensive in terms of a cap hit why not keep the guy I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Steelers never gave up on Artie Burns. The fans gave up on Artie Burns. And Artie Burns might have given up on Artie Burns. But the Steelers never did. And, and if you read between the lines of all the stuff that was written, the people that are in that room, in that headquarters, was that Artie Burns was continuing to work hard in this offseason to prove himself. And he has a lot to prove so far in camp. Now, it's only been three practices, but still, so far in camp, he's played very well. He is making plays. He's getting his hands on the football. I know it's practice, but it's a step in the right direction for a guy that is really struggling from a confidence standpoint. I wasn't shocked that Artie Burns got his $800,000 um, signing bonus because I, I don't know, like the pressure is on him to perform based on the fact that he didn't get his fifth year option picked up. If he plays well, he's going to get a new deal either at the Steelers or somewhere else. I personally think that he's going to be good depth. That's the hope. I hope he plays well because then he's going to be, if, if let's say Joe Hayden gets hurt, Steven Nelson gets hurt. They have a guy with some of the peas that you spoke about waiting in the wings. And he don't want to drive for Uber or Lyft. So I, I'm sure he's cool. Somebody I, would pick him up. You know, somebody <laughs> would pick him up. Yeah. You are absolutely correct. One of the other big notes uh, this week before camp actually started, probably at the same time that camp started, was that Watts started on the pup list. And let me give you guys just a quick breakdown of the pup list is that players who start the preseason on the pup list may not practice until cleared by the team's medical personnel. They can attend team meetings and work out. Once cleared, they can return to the field. If a player practices during training camp, they are not eligible for the pup list. Instead, the team has to cut the player or put them on injured reserve. And if a player finishes the preseason on a pup list, they can be placed on the regular season pup list. 
Also, if they are on the regular season pup list, players on that list may not practice or play for the first six weeks of the season. Any thoughts on his injury, him being placed on the pup list? Should Steeler fans be concerned? No. No, they shouldn't. Uh, and they're just being cautious. He participated in the conditioning test on Thursday of last week. On the very last rep, he said he had some tightness afterwards. And like Mike Tomlin said after that practice, there is no reason to rush him back. Let him rest. Make sure his hamstring is 100% healthy before he thinks about getting back on the field. Because the last thing you need is, if you think back to Mike Mitchell's first year in Pittsburgh, he had a groin injury in training camp. It did not heal properly. He had issues all season, and he ended up having to have surgery in the in the offseason on that groin. That's what you're trying to avoid. So you tell TJ Watt, look, you've been in the system for two years. You're playing great. You're a good high high IQ player. You need to just rest. Don't strain it. Don't re-injure it. Don't re-aggravate it. Just rest. Make sure it's right. And people forget last year, similar injury. I'm not sure if it was the same leg or not. And look what happened. He was healthy for the regular season, put up double-digit sacks, had a tremendous year. So I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah, I don't think fans need to worry about his work ethic if he's in shape. You know, the Watt brothers take it seriously. All three are in the NFL. They know what it takes to perform at a high level. Those guys work hard, and they bust it consistently. But, Jeff, give me your thoughts on the first couple of days of camp. What What's circulating out there? What do you think Steeler fans should know? and hear about these first couple of days at camp. Any standouts, any winners, any losers? Well, you know, what's the big news coming out of camp right now? Let's talk injuries first. Outside of T.J. Watt, Johnny Holton, who is a free agent pickup, wide receiver, a Darius Hayward Bay type. He has a hamstring as well. Not really news there. Today, Sean Davis supposedly had a finger injury. Could have been a dislocation. Not the end of the world for a safety, but he might miss some time. Those are the only real injuries that have been noted so far. Uh, in terms of the three days of practice, the first two were in shorts. And then today, Sunday, when this is being recorded, was their first padded practice. So it was their first look at the backs on backers drill, which Mike Tomlin loves. Um, he kept Vince Williams out of the drill today, probably so that he didn't kill players like Jalen Samuels and Benny <laughs> Snell Jr. But I always find it interesting. And I, I did this la the last two years. Like when James Conner was a rookie, I was really anxious to hear how he did in this drill with Jalen Samuels last year and then with Benny Snell this year. And so far, out of those three from the first day of padded practice, the first time in that drill, Benny Snell has represented himself the best of the three in terms of pass protection. Uh, James Conner was ridiculed for his pass protection. Jalen Samuels was basically turned into a turnstile or getting trucked on every occasion. Benny Snell held his own. He's a bigger guy. James Conner was working with him. Uh, on the defensive side, Ola Denye was very impressive in this drill. They said that he's looking really, really good, and people forget that last season he was potentially going to be a big-time uh, – was going to be the fourth outside linebacker until he hurt his hamstring in week four of the preseason and they put him on injured reserve. So, Jeff, let me pause you. Let me pause you real quick before you finish with your camp recap for the okay. last few days. Can you please say Ola's name incorrectly? So, listeners, if you're out there checking out the super chat feature, it's where you can 
contribute to the show, ask a question, <laughs> get bumped up to the top of the list. So we're trying to do a tip jar for mispronunciations of names. So, Jeff, rewind about 15 seconds <laughs> and say his name incorrectly. So Oler, somebody... it's if I'm going if I'm channeling my Western Pennsylvanian, it's uh Oler Adini or, or something like that. Adini. <laughs> there you go. So 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 if you're out there, you want to contribute to the program using the super chat feature. Anytime we mispronounce a name, we're not gonna do it intentionally. Please tip us a buck. There you go. Or anything you want. Uh, let's hear other notables uh, so far. And again, two non-padded practice, one padded practice. Juju Smith-Schuster has been a freaking monster. Um, they, he's been catching deep balls from Ben. And they do their seven shots to start practice where they have seven plays from the like the two-point conversion line. And it's offense versus defense. You stop them, defense wins, offense, you know, best out of seven. He's caught several touchdowns in that regard. Dante Moncrief has been turning heads. James Washington has looked good. Um, it's tough with like running backs because they, I know that I was reading about how um, Webb has been doing looking good. It, they're, they're not really hitting. So is that, I, a bad, I, is that a bad thing, Jeff? Though you're talking about the wide receivers doing work during the first three days. Is that a, is it? I know it's good because they're playing well, but is it bad because they're killing the secondary as well? Like it's it, it, the first two days is like touch football. It's really tough to gauge. I mean, okay. because you're you're really running seven on sevens. They do have some eleven on eleven periods, but it's mainly seven on seven. Um, I don't know. Anyways, defensively, there hasn't been much to note because they can't hit anybody until today. Um, so. It, we'll just see how it goes. I do know that Artie Burns has had a pick. Uh, Cameron Sutton has had a couple. Brian Allen got his hands on a football once. Haven't heard much about. I, I always look for rookie reports. Deontay Johnson's conditioning has been great. Had a first few couple practices have been rough, but he's getting acclimated. Had a good practice today from what I read. Uh, haven't heard anything about guys like Ulysses Gilbert, Sutton Smith. Um, all those guys are pretty much just been – regular camp bodies at this point because there's the, still... da the dashes the <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> the the i'll dashes. tell you but here's here's uh the last thing i'll say about the first three days is that so far the quarterback play outside of number seven has not been very good uh joshua dobbs was the second string quarterback day one ben leaves the field dobbs comes on first pass interception second pass interception third pass overthrows wide open receiver great start Mason Rudolph, his second day was his turn with the number twos. He doesn't do too much better, but does orchestrate a touchdown. So I'm sure there's some nerves going on with those guys and you know, trying to win that battle for the backup spot. So that's really all that's been going on. Juju Smith-Schuster continues to be a prized possession of the Steelers fan base, participating in a, uh, a gender reveal. <laughs> With the with the couple, he autographed a guy's bald head, and then the guy got his autograph, I guess, tattooed into his head. We're gonna we're gonna come back to that, Jeff. <laughs> we're, we're gonna come back to that, Jeff, because we're gonna bring back our WTF segment, and okay. I, and I want to ask you uh, about that specifically. But I'm glad you brought up Juju because that's a great transition into my next question. We've okay. all heard about Mister Third and fifth show up to the Raiders camp in a hot air balloon. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. And Juju did not meet with reporters. From what I've read, he just kind of slipped into camp and essentially said, I'm just here to do work. So you have no media versus Mr. Air Balloon. Let me ask you, when it comes to <laughs> no media versus Mr. Third and Fifth, is look, I did a show a long time ago about Juju gets it. I mean, is this an act? I mean, is is this like I've never seen anyone just consistently dot all the I's, all the T's, and do the absolute right thing at the right time consistently. So it just made sense that Juju's would come to camp in a nondescript fashion compared to Mr. Third and Fifth, a.k.a. Mr. Hot Air Balloon. Like, that was just, Juju's reaction was just perfect Juju. Is this an act? Is Juju for real? I mean, like, what's going on here with Well, this? to give some love to another writer, uh, Mark Cavalli of The Athletic, last week before training camp, did a really good article. I actually really enjoyed reading this piece about how he interviewed uh, a lot of players in the locker room about what's Juju Smith-Schuster really like? Like, is this really what he's like? And they were very candid. It was a really good read. If you're a subscriber to The Athletic, I definitely recommend you check it out. But... I think that Juju Smith-Schuster just understands the game far better than anyone else. He knew that, well, I think that probably the leaders on the team probably also said to the guys, like, hey, we're not doing anything crazy. Like, just show up for work. Second thing, I think Juju also realized that if he's going to replace Antonio Brown on the football field, whether it's production-wise, that's not even important in this debate. If he's going to replace Antonio Brown he has to do things that Antonio Brown never did. And that was just shut up and go to work. You know, don't come into camp on a helicopter. Don't have a antique Rolls Royce roll up in a antique Rolls Royce with a driver. And wearing, yeah. And there, that was, that was the year before that when he showed up in a Rolls <laughs> Royce that had his autograph on the side of it. So if Juju is, I don't know, maybe it's his agent, maybe it's his friends, maybe it's his family. Um, someone's telling this kid, or maybe he's just that smart, is getting him great advice saying, look, just don't do any of that stuff. Just show up, no fanfare, nothing crazy, do work, put in work at camp, be the number one, be the leader, and you'll be fine. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Steelers fan base absolutely adores this kid. They adore him. My gosh, that guy... I, maybe it was when he knocked out Vontez perfect. Maybe that was the the, the, the <laughs> maybe that was the starting point because I said in our post game show that if he would have ran for mayor of Pittsburgh that night, he would have won by a landslide. Would have won by a landslide. Knock out fifty five. That's his his slogan. Ko five five. He wins in a landslide. His political affiliation would be. Northside Steelers political party, and he would win. I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, it. He acts in such the right way that it's it's absolutely uncanny. Especially how it plays off of AB. It's almost as if he has a bug in AB's house. Like he just knows <laughs> that AB is going to do something ridiculous to show up to camp. So if I just do the opposite. I'm going to win. He's going to look like an idiot. It's almost, 
it, it it's a passive aggressive but positive it, it, it's weird though because it feels passive aggressive it feels at times like he's taking small jabs like it feels like body shots like in boxing where he's just beating up AP's body just just putting body shots in the tank and he just keeps landing blows and body shots to AB's image where he continues to make AB look like you know, why am I saying his name? I should be saying Mr. Third and Fifth. Excuse me. He's making Mr. Third and Fifth look like the guy that he is that I talked about years ago when he autographed the Rolls Royce as a me guy. And Juju just comes off as a we guy. Well, let me let's take a quick sidebar here because I have to say this. If Juju Smith-Schuster is getting some solid advice from someone or he is ridiculously intelligent and knows how to play the game, which I think it's a little bit of both, Mr. Hot Air Balloon is the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Someone's telling him to do the toe. I mean, you talk about a guy that when he left Pittsburgh, all he did was badmouth everybody and the, all it was all everyone else's fault. You would think that when he moved to his new locale, that he would say, hey, basically, I want to start fresh. I'm just here to work. You come floating in on a hot air balloon, and not and only, and not only and that, you can't even practice. You are on the pup list to start training camp, and you show up on a hot air balloon. If I'm John Gruden, I am saying, what in the world? But he can't be surprised. No one can be surprised. I wasn't surprised when Le'Veon Bell had a little stupid rant about how he hates social media. Then stay off social media. Uh, that's obvious. No, no, he, he has to sell his raps. Exactly. It was, yes, that's, it's awful. But anyways, Antonio Brown, he, he, the Raider fans can't be surprised by this. You know, it's, it, he's an idiot. I hate to say that, but he's an idiot. Who's here's feeding the, this guy information? Here's the funny thing, Jeff. I, I get my hair cut, you know, obviously, you know, in the Bay Area. And, you know, my barber shop is, you know, full of Raider fans, one Niner fan, bunch of Raider fans. And they're already shaking their heads. Like, they, they weren't particularly happy with the hot air balloon. They're just like, well, I just, just hope he produces on the field. They're like. Uh, like they, like they are bracing themselves from the hurricane known as Mister Third and Fifth that is getting ready to blow through Alameda County. They're just bracing themselves. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's just. Uh, I don't know. What's Jeff? You, Jeff, are you, you are you looking at the live chat? I am. We have we have a couple of super chats to get to, but are we are we at that point in the show? You were the one with the run. Yes, yes. I want you to tease a question in the live chat while we jump into our WTF, and then we'll just jump back into what what some of the listeners are saying in the live chat. There was a question that my cousin posted uh, on Facebook about the best wide receiver in Steeler history, since we were talking about Juju and A.B., I think it's a good time to ask the question. And he threw up, there were a couple of names that he threw out there. Stallworth, Swan, Heinz Ward. But in particular, he felt that Mr. Third and Fifth was the best wide receiver in Pittsburgh Steeler history. So the question that I have 
for all of you guys on the live chat or even if you want to comment on the show on the website when it gets posted, who is the best wide receiver in Pittsburgh Steeler history? And it's between Swan, Stallworth, Ward, or Antonio Brown. Yes, of those four, who do you think is the best? Well, let's go ahead and do your WTF, and then we'll rally back. We'll get, we'll, some live, we'll get some live chat stuff going on, and then we'll finish the show that way. Well, let me jump into my first WTF. What's okay. up? What's up with the dude with with the with the autograph tattoo on your head? Where, let me just real just real me this, Jeff. Where does he work? Somewhere where he wears a hat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where the dude works. <laughs> he works at Lids. Maybe he works, that'd, that'd be a good place to work. Yeah. He, he works. What the WTF? What the you, you you autograph another dude's first of all autographing anything in your head is just asinine. Look, I'm losing my hair, so is Jeff. Yes. So <laughs> we are very sensitive about the real estate in our hair and our heads, and we don't like to lose hair. So I'm definitely not losing hair for an autograph. Of another dude, WTF? I'm not a tattoo guy as it is, but an autograph tattoo or of you in your dome of another dude's head, another dude's name in your head. Come on, man. WTF? What's your thoughts on that, Jeff? Um, it's not my cup of tea. Uh, I'm not a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a tattoo guy, let alone a head tattoo guy. Um, so I I would have to say that this is a little bit much um i don't know i guess i never would even think it, supposedly he has a uh, looks like a helmet so he's got like the <laughs> the yellow the gold line and he's got the logo on one side of his head it's got to look ridiculous that's <laughs> riddle me this right imagine if you had mr third and fifth tattooed in your head and he acts like a turd like he did what do you do then can you get it erased you could it would be expensive see that's the thing man i'm i am cautious on just buying a jersey let alone ever like <laughs> getting something tattooed on my body i don't even wear shirts like i have shirts that say steelers five times super bowl champs i don't wear those shirts anymore because they're six times super bowl champs so it's outdated i i, I might wear it to the gym but that's about it so for me i'm very cautious about anything that i do let alone tattooing something like uh, an autograph or a player. Like, think about um, uh, Rex Ryan when he got his wife in a, <laughs> a Jets jersey <laughs> tattooed on his leg or something. I don't know. I'm not a tattoo guy. Yeah, I mean that 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 that's hilarious. Here's my other WTF. Baker Mayfield was ranked number fifty in the top 100 NFL players. I, I, I don't even got to say anything else. I just need to say that. That in and of itself should tell all fans that the top 100 list is BS. WTF. Baker Mayfield, a top 50 player in the National Football League, he's not even the best player on his team, let alone a top 50 player 
in the National Football League. That's ridiculous that Baker Mayfield, after one year, is a top 50. If he was a top 50 guy, he would have hit that pass against Baltimore. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Steelers could have went to the playoffs. Baker Mayfield top 50 more boundary to extend that drive and maybe the Browns PF. Your thoughts? I have my issues with the list as it is, and it's it's definitely yeah, there's also a list of, you know, the most I think they did a list of the most hated players in the NFL. And Ben Roethlisberger is always on that list for some reason. And so I'm not <laughs> shocked that Ben was Ben was because of the radio was, show. Probably. Ben was 44 on this list. He should probably be a little bit higher. I'm not saying he should be top 10. I'm not saying he should be top 25, but he should probably be a little bit higher. Baker Mayfield being 50, that's a joke. And so, like you said, when you see that, it loses some validity. Now, Juju was 47. You agree with that? It should he wasn't even ranked that for his rookie year. I agree. I can't hear you. Forty-seven. His numbers were fantastic. His numbers were fantastic. I, I agree. Juju should have been forty-seven. He definitely should have been higher than Baker Mayfield. But if Juju was forty-seven, Baker should be like two hundred and ten. <laughs> At least, yeah, he's got to prove it. Everyone wants to crown this guy, and what has he proven? That's the question. He's proven that he talks too much, particularly about his teammates' contract negotiations. That's what he does. That's interesting, yeah. That's true, too. So, All Jeff, right. let's jump into to... that question that we teased in the live chat. What's, what's your thoughts on the question about the best wide receiver in Steeler history? It's tough for me to answer that question, honestly, because I wasn't alive to see Stallworth and Swan in person. I've seen a lot of videos, seen, I heard my dad and my family talk about them a lot, but I have yet to see. I know that Lynn Swan did not play long, and so his durability is in question, but John Stallworth did play a long time, put up a lot of really good numbers. Um, as for Heinz Ward, he wasn't the flashy guy, but he was, shoot, he changed the game. Plain and simple, change the game. You know, they put a rule in place for him and the crackback blocks and things of that nature. Uh, but Antonio Brown, if you're looking from, if, if I look for a player that was transcendent and put up the numbers, it's and it's also tough to compare Swan and Stallworth in that generation to the modern game because they throw the ball so many more times. I, I remember watching a, an NFL films on Swan and Stallworth, and they showed this clip where they were both back in Pittsburgh for a Steeler game and they were standing outside the locker room as the players were going out to the field. And Swan said, Hey, did you see last week? Antonio Brown got targeted 16 times in a game. He said 16 times. That was like three weeks for me. You know, those like, so it's tough to compare. It is tough to compare. But when I look at the live chat here, a lot of people are saying Heinz Ward, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, Stallworth Heinz, 
Ward, Ward, Stallworth, um, Lynn Swan, Hines changed the game with his blocking. Uh, Ward. I don't know. What do you think, Lance? What are your thoughts on it? I'm a little older than you, but not uh, of the age where I was probably old enough to appreciate Stallworth and Swan. I mean, you just love those guys because of the lore. Both of those guys have gold jackets. You know, what they did for the four-time Super Bowl runner, the Steel Curtain team, Sean Stallworth's longevity, being a really big wide receiver, particularly for that era, being a deep threat, big wide receiver, Lynn Swan with the acrobatics being a deep threat. Uh, you love those guys. I mean, it, it, it's tough. I think Hines Ward definitely is not. Um, you know, the one thing about Hines changing the game is, uh, you know, with his blocking. But, you know, the funny thing is, you know, shoulder pads don't catch passes. <laughs> he hands yeah. do. You know, I appreciate his blocking, but this is a wide receiver position. Hines, excellent wide receiver. I think at one point in time, Hines will have a gold jacket as well. Two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. So I think he will get a gold jacket. But I hate to say it, man. I, I think Mr. Third and Fifth just might be the best wide receiver in Pittsburgh Steelers history. I mean, you look at the numbers that him and Big Ben have put up together. You look at his statistics over the last four to five years. They're absolutely mind-blowing. And, and some of that is obviously because of the era in which he plays, to your point of the 16 targets. But as much as we don't like Mr. Third and Fifth, and I'm still blocked by him on Twitter, he's a damn good football player. I mean, as much as he's a me guy, his football his football is is pretty much undeniable. I mean, the guy is a, is a hell of a wide receiver, hell of a player, and his work ethic is second to none. I believe he was, what, a sixth-round draft pick, and he's made himself into quite arguably the greatest wide receiver for the Steelers. We're not talking about for the Arizona Cardinals, who's it's probably Larry Fitzgerald, but we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're not talking about a ragtag set, uh, football team that has no history and that hasn't had a ton of very good players. So I'm going to say it's Mr. Third and Fifth. All right. Let's get to some uh, Super Chat questions that we've had waiting, as well as some other questions in the live chat before we call the show. Sound good? Absolutely. All right. So Tom, he puts $5 into the tip jar. We appreciate it. Thank God football's back. What do you guys think of our overall roster depth outside of wide receiver and cornerback? What position aside from, from quarterback worries you the most? Uh, we talked about it, I think, on a couple of shows. Safety bothers me. Uh, the safety depth, the outside linebacker depth, I think, is also an issue. And I think tied in, uh, the tight end position on the offensive side of football, that depth is an issue for me. I could not put it any better myself. But Tom puts $5 more, $5 more in the tip jar. Says another question, does Joshua Dobbs stay on the roster or do the Steelers trade him for someone of need? Well, to trade somebody, somebody's got to want the guy. I don't think anybody would want Joshua Dobbs in a trade. So I'm going to say if he's not on the roster, he's getting cut. Okay. I'll agree with that. I don't think that they'll be a trade partner because if right now the Steelers have their three quarterbacks. So unless Delvin or – I think it's Delton. No, it's not Delvin. It's uh, it's Dash. Yeah, it's Dash. unless that guy 
performs well enough that someone becomes expendable, I don't think it matters. Let, um, let me explain before you jump into the question, next question. Let me explain real quickly what we mean by when we say dash. <laughs> yeah, because so, someone might so, be listening so, for the first time. So, so dash is simply when you look at the depth chart, it'll go first team, second team, third team. And at this stage of the season, they typically have fourth, possibly fourth and fifth. Fourth and fifth is typically on a depth chart, a dash. There's nobody there. So we are considering these guys dashes, that they don't show up because they're so insignificant in terms of the depth chart. They're just dashes and not names. So Devlin or whatever his name is, he's just a dash. He's Mr. Dash number one. Yeah, exactly. So just to be clear here, a lot of people might think, okay, there's all these questions in the live chat. How is he reading those specific questions? They're using what's called the Super Chat feature, which is a feature that if you're on your phone, a tablet, or a desktop, right where it says you can chat publicly, on the right there's a little dollar sign. If you click that dollar sign, you can donate any amount of money to the show. It goes directly to the show. Um, we appreciate all the support. You don't have to use it, but you can. And if you do use it, you will be guaranteed to have your question answered on the show. So Isaac, longtime listener of the show, gives $20 in the tip jar. And he said, this is just for future screw-ups on mispronunciation of names, LOL. So Isaac, <laughs> you're good for the season, man. You covered all of Lance's uh, mess-ups. So oh, yeah. good on you. Um, I'm going to mess up Ola's name quite a few times. How do you say his name? His last it's, name? It's I don't know. <laughs> Here's a question. What about Matt, Matty F? What's his, how do you say his last name? The right tackle? Feeler? Oh, there you go. Dollar. Filer. It's Filer. <laughs> See, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Kathy uh, puts $5 in the tip box. Says, finally made a live chat. So she's been trying to get a live, to, to be here in the live chat. I actually had someone email me and say, what is the schedule? Cause they want to be a part of the live chat and be able to use the super chat feature and stuff like that. And so once in a few weeks, whenever Lance can get his soccer schedule set up for the fall, we will set up dates and times for all of our shows. So you can try to tune in as best as possible. So, all right. Is there anything else for the good of the order Lance? I think that's it. Take us out, Jeff. What you got coming up on the website for all the uh, listeners, readers, in terms of camp? What you got on deck? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. We, our training camp confidential is kind of wrapping up tomorrow. So if you haven't checked that out yet, we were running content all weekend. And so on the website, you'll see it says, Welcome to the Training Camp Confidential. Uh, there's over 28 articles in there, everything from predictions to breakdowns. Check it out. It's worth looking into. Um other than that, uh, you get daily recaps from training camp where we in, you know, if someone does an interview, we'll get that video. We'll put it in there. Mike Tomlin's press conferences will be there. Some tidbits about players that did well, players that didn't do well, things of that nature. So make sure you check those out as well as our live updates. We have a Twitter feed that gets going. So when, if you're wondering what's happening live at practice, you can follow that Twitter feed, which is in the article, and you'll get a feel for what's really going on at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. So, um, up, oh, Tom puts eleven dollars in the tip jar. Says, "Can we please use the chip jar and proceeds from the touchdowns insurance <laughs> uh, to get internet for Brian's internet bandwidth and recording equipment?" Now, Tom, I got to be honest. I know where Brian lives. He is in a tough spot when it comes to internet. But I'll just put it that way, without getting into details. He doesn't have a lot of options. We'll put it that way. So, um, 
it's one of the downfalls of of being where he is. So if he needs some assistance, I'll be glad to help him. Uh, he's working on it. I'll put it that way. We'll say that, putting it that way. So, and Lance, you've what had to the, deal. You've had to deal with connect connectivity issues already. What was the name of uh, Michael Jackson's amusement park? What was it? Oh shoot! Never, never, never. Not Neverland. Uh, where he had the Ferris wheel. Well, anyway, the reason wasn't I it, no, it was Neverland Ranch, wasn't it? Neverland Ranch. Yeah, I was going to ask. Does uh, uh, does who's bad? Live at Neverland Ranch. I mean, is that the only place you can't? Because you know, well, I, I mean, I call him Who's Bad because his initials are B A D. Right. Yeah. So Who's Bad? So I'm thinking like maybe he's in Neverland. That that's the only place in the world that you can't get decent connectivity. But I shouldn't talk because I had to change providers because my connectivity was bad consistently. There you go. I can't believe we just talked about Neverland Ranch on this show. So that means it's time to call it a, a show. We thank you for listening. Remember, if you didn't know we have a YouTube channel, go to YouTube, search BTSC Steelers Radio, like the videos, give us a thumbs up, subscribe. That's important. We're almost to 3,000 subscriptions. I want to say we're at 2,960 some the last I checked. That's important to me. I want to get to 3,000 before the start of the season, so share it. We appreciate it. Also, if you're on any of our audio platforms, it's anywhere where you find podcasts. Just search uh, Behind the Steel Curtain, Steelers, you'll find us. Again, subscribe. If you're on iTunes, I've been asking for about a week now. I haven't seen any new ones. If you use iTunes, go to iTunes, go to our page, Leave us a good review if you like the content and give us a five-star rating. It's only going to help us with our um, exposure and getting our name out there, which is what we ultimately want. So if you could do that, that'd be awesome. Uh, if you don't, it's not the end of the world, but we still appreciate you for listening. As Lance always says, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Standard is the Standard.